Hey, so this is Sierra Nova Podcast, episode 120. We're back. <laughs> We're back after, you know, 2022. Uh, we did our whole Comic-Con thing again in November. Um, back, if you did watch that live or whatever, those three days, I one of the things I mentioned was the Sirenova TV thing that we were going to start this year. Um, not doing that, actually, because found out the pricing for doing that is insane, and I have a house that I have to pay for. So we're not doing that. So it's coming up straight off of that. Uh, we're I not, like money. <laughs> yeah, money. Um, we have a few focuses that we're focusing on this year. A few, few focuses. A few major things we are focusing on this year, um, which we'll get into in our newsletter and stuff. So you should probably sign up, uh, subscribe to our newsletter to yeah, learn more about that. Do we have a link in the description for our newsletter? Uh, we will. Yes, we do now. <laughs> um, also, we're going to try to make Nova Nation actually be a thing this year. Uh, we we kind of put it out to the world last year, but now we're actually going to be promoting it, doing all that fancy stuff. As you notice, I don't have a microphone that's half in my face, so you can see my face fully. So now you can be scared completely. Um, uh, I have a little different setup here, so it's a little bit better. This is what I wanted to look like. I have two monitors again. It's awesome. Um, we have we were going to have four projects that are that were going to be done this year. Uh, that's another thing that has changed just in a week time. Um, we're not doing Nightmare at Camp Lovejoy this year, which is the last part of Chronicles of Horror anthology um we're gonna be we are pushing that to next year because we found the three that we really want to focus on and just continue um ink it, two is coming out and that'll be dropping on kickstarter in march i'm not saying the date yet because we want to make sure that it's gonna be march um uh then there'll be a, the seer chronicles which is now going to probably be in the quarter three of our company of this year because uh we're pri prioritizing things for multiple things and um because camp lovejoy isn't going to be in october we're most likely thinking october for that and mittens again will be in july will be our like summer blockbuster thing um mittens will definitely be done by then so it's same as last year. It'll be in July at some point, probably mid-July. Uh, so we have enough time to ship other things out, the project before, and then get ready for the next one. Uh, yeah. So this whole new setup for our podcast, um, we're, first couple of minutes we're going to be talking about like things we got going on. That way you don't have to worry about us talking about that stuff while we have a guest on. Um, we already got a couple of guests coming on through the beginning of this year because I asked and there's a bunch of people that really wanted March. So you're going to be seeing more than one guest on an episode in March because there, that was the only way I can do it. So we don't record every week. We're going to be recording three weeks 
uh, in March, but one of them won't come out until April. So there'll be three weeks of episodes in April that you can actually watch. Um, that's the only way I could get that done. So everybody could be on that want to be on more than likely at least one person is going to like bow out before we even get to that <laughs> that happened last year so yeah um in about 10 minutes our guest will be on around then and uh we'll be talking to phoebe xavier uh she has a bunch of short stories a collection of them and we read a couple uh well dylan read two i read one <laughs> and uh we're going to be talking about that. She also creates comics. We're going to be talking about all of that as well. So if Dylan has anything else to say, what's time to say? I was just going to say, uh, no, one thing I'm excited about this year is in order to really start growing Nova Nation, I know that readers want more comics. And so one of our big goals for pushing Nova Nation this year is actually not just the marketing of it it's going to be specifically trying to get more creators out there on our platform and more of their creations on our platform so we've set up a pretty ambitious goal of getting uh, up to 500 comics on our site and the reason that's so ambitious is because we don't just put any comic on our site we don't let people just upload to our site you know they have to submit to us and we have to approve those comics and the creators for our site so we want to be able to put some quality stuff out there and i'm excited to see how this goes um you know, we're going about it in some unique ways and uh looking forward to who is going to be joining the platform this year i know there's some people that greg has already been speaking with that are interested in joining um and also there are other people that have been reaching out to us to not just join our platform, but to have us be their official publishers. And so that is another big goal that we're setting for uh, early this year. Um, our goal is to set ourselves up in a manner that we have all the capabilities that uh, would be required to properly publish someone's comics. And so we want it so that, you know, we've got a submission process you can send to us and we can check it out and we can uh you know evaluate and see how we can help you we'll have a distribution plan so that we can try to get your comic uh across the internet and into comic book stores uh we want to develop a catalog of all the creators writers illustrators letters etc that work with us and that we've you know connected with over the years and try to make it so that if let's say you're just a storyteller but you need someone to you know create the whole comic that will have all the capacity to get that done um and you know so with distribution uh you know creation and uh you know launching of these with marketing and promotions like we want to have the full frontier of a true publisher so that you know we can take someone's vision and bring it to life so that's definitely something i'm very excited about uh, we've been having people ask us about publishing for a while now, and essentially all the only comics we've published have been either our own comics or anthologies that we've been involved in. So that's something that I think will be very exciting to start having catalogs of, you know, Cyrenova comics, comics <laughs> that are not just our own, but stuff that we help bring to light. So that's a big thing. Um, and the interesting thing is while doing all of that obviously we're going to be using all of this to 
distribute and promote our own comics. So we're hoping that you'll start seeing some of our comics in store, a store near you. you know? So that's uh, definitely something I'm excited to see. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. What, what, there's, there's a little gold list over here. Um, but, oops, oh, I shrunk in my damn. Oh, yeah, that's so. Another thing, too, is like when it comes to uh, getting more guests and getting unique guests, um, we've been building out some databases of artists and exhibitors. Um, one thing I definitely would like to try to do this year is, uh, Greg, by the way, how, how many of how long and how far out do we have podcast book? Uh, it might be May or June. Yeah. All right. That's perfect. So, one episode in June or May. So yeah. So as far as they went with. Yeah. So their- I'm definitely hoping to start reaching out to some unique people in the industry, whether or not they're, um, you know, creators or artists, but maybe even just people who are in the uh, distribution space or in the, um, you know, printing space, things like that. Like people that are in the industry that aren't uh, artificial space. Hmm? Comics Wellsprings. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd love to have Comics Wellsprings on here for uh, an interview to discuss, you know, their product and how they got in the industry. You know, it's interesting because, you know, to to see companies that are in the comic book industry that aren't creators, it's like, you know, they probably have similar passions that drove them to that. They're maybe they're just not the creative type in the the sense that they're not the, the best storytellers, but they they really love the industry they love reading it and now they're part of it so i'd love to hear those stories we'd love to get those out there to you and and also expose people to it like not everyone knows about comics wall springs and you know we worked with them last year they actually sponsored our um virtual uh comic-con last year for, so you know that's something that we would like to get good companies out there and uh you know just good people out there in the industry so that people can actually learn more about them uh and get exposed to them and i think that that'll be uh you know a good thing for the indie community to get a little more connected i feel like a lot of the indie community they're like you know they're part of one or two facebook groups they you know they all share the same kickstarter every day and they don't really like connect and like that's not what our intention is like you know we're, we're part of dozens of groups and uh you know we have our own groups so like you know we connect with people all the time and you know we're not doing it so we can sell our comic we're doing it because we want to grow a community so that's exactly what you know uh i hope we can do this year is continue doing that and bring some of that community we've been connecting with to you guys and with that uh our guest has arrived so hey hello Hello. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> it's awesome. We uh, so yeah, Greg and I had uh, read a few of your, uh, your stories, and they're uh, they're pretty awesome. And uh, <laughs> one thing that was interest- interesting was I read a couple stories before reading the intro. Uh, I cause, like I just kind of like picked some of the stories to read. And the cool thing was I actually picked one of your oldest ones and one of your newest ones just accidentally. Um, uh, it was train wreck and uh, targeted adverts and uh, definitely, definitely very interesting, well, well-written stories. So I definitely enjoyed those. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Did you sample any of that uh, horror porn? Did you sample any of the more graphic stuff? <laughs> uh, it's funny because I didn't realize that the targeted adverts wouldn't fall under that, but now now I'm like intrigued by the other ones. So no, I did not get it. Well, that has like that has like the one brief bit of violence, but yeah, no, the the, yeah. the other stories are more drawn out and graphic. Gotcha. So that's interesting. I'll definitely have to read through more of them later. Um, but no, I, I I also just love the uh, the casual nonchalantness of the end. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's yes. like the new model. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I thought um a little anticlimactic humor after that was was what the story called for. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, it, it kind of reminded me of um, like Adam's the Adam's family like deadpan like it's it's very like just happens like it just happens. You know what I mean? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, super super grim, but yes, very uh, matter of fact. Yeah. And I read uh, Dinner Time, and okay, that, that was pretty great. Um, I like how he was more focused on like just watching The Simpsons than <laughs> wanting to do anything else. And Been caring if his sister was safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't care about his sister. <laughs> and then, uh, spoiler, a raccoon attacks him, and uh, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah. What what uh what kind of got you? Because um, I know you do comics, but what inspired you to do these types of short stories in an anthology like this, rather than potentially like a, a short comic strip or um you know uh some some other format like what what uh what inspired you to do it like this um so i've written short stories since at least like for about 22 years since the turn of the century and um i i know i've had older assignments where i had to write them for school um but um i do write them for fun i write them to get the ideas out of my head that um when i come up with an idea for a story i want to um see it through i um um, but as far as putting this together as a collection, I had had the idea for a couple of years that, oh, I'm starting to accumulate enough short stories that I could put together an anthology. And then, um, the first month of COVID lockdown in 2020, um, I was like, all right, if there's any time to do it, this is it. And I initially tried to, um, uh, uh, edit it myself, but I found that that was pretty impossible. Like the stories were already as good as I thought they were going to get. And it really took um, hiring someone to edit it professionally or to get the um, stories in the shape they're in right now. No, we, yeah, we definitely know that uh, that piece of getting editing done. It's, it's near impossible to write something, review it, and, like, give it a thorough examination. Um, you know, like, it, it's the same, like, if you're working on a business, like, if you're in the business and then someone just walks in, like, hey, why didn't you just do this? It's like, oh, I didn't even see this. I'm so focused on that. So it's, it's uh, yeah, we, we definitely, um, we, even we benefit from the fact that Greg writes all of our stories and I'll edit uh, some of them. But then there's other stories we have other editors edit because it's just like if I'm involved with it, um, there's only so much, there's only so much I can do to review it, especially working with Greg so frequently. I, I know where he's going with it, so I might, you know, even miss something as well. So it's, it's definitely good to hire outside. Yeah. Um, and also, it's just like, I, I'm, I'm too close to it. I've already read it 20 times. So if there's a sentence where I left a word out, my brain automatically fills that word in for the last 20 times I've read it. So, like, yeah, I can't even see the flaws sometimes. 
I asked uh, one of our editors, he's like new to editing, uh, so we tried to get some credits for editing. And uh, friend Hector Barrero, he's the artist for our like flagship comic. And uh, I actually asked him yesterday, I'm like, I'm like not really sure about the whole plot line for the issue five of Two Chronicles, but I need you to like look at it because I don't. And he didn't read the fourth one yet, but he like it was just really weird because it just seems like it's the same thing happening over and over again. And I, before I wrote that, I wrote like three other stories, like three other comics in the same week. And he's like, wow, you keep doing a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, yeah. So like, I think I, my brain just like did a huge brain fart and I just wrote the same thing over and over again. So can you just go through it? And he's like, yeah. So. No, that happens. It absolutely happens. And, um, the, uh, but as far as also what makes me decide to either put it in a short story or to write it as a comic book, it kind of depends on like what opportunities I have. Um, like I recently wrote a story called um, The CG Rendered Man because a friend offered me a chance to submit um, to a magazine if I had a sci-fi horror story. So I had this like story concept laying around that was like just a paragraph sort of elevator pitch. And then I was like, I was gonna turn it into a comic book story, but I could write this as a five page short story, like that'll work as well. So now I have a short story version of that. Um, and um, I didn't make it into that particular magazine, but it'll go into my next collection. Um, but yeah, so I think it, it comes down to timing of like what opportunities are pre presenting themselves or what projects are taking submissions at the moment. You just mentioned that uh, you wrote, um, you had like a paragraph summary of a story. Do you start most of your, like, you know, kind of like brain dumps like that, where like you got an idea and you kind of just write out like a, a quick paragraph to summarize the idea of what you're working on? Uh, yeah, I do that a lot. Um, and um, like, for example, the last two nights I've been working on a story called Bluetooth, which is going to first tell the story of Harold Bluetooth, the Viking King, and then his death, and then his perspective from afterlife, and then finding a thousand years later, like that he is the essence of our Bluetooth technology, and trying to like escape that fate and sort of communicate to the people and like you know to free him from that imprisonment. So like yeah, I have that notes of, of that on a paper jotted down, and then I'll go into my computer and sort of organize it a little better, and then it might sit there for a few months until like I'm inspired to write more on it or like. Um, I'm thinking of buying a biography about Harold Bluetooth um, to maybe like inspire it a little deeper. But yeah, so definitely jot things down and come back to them when I either have the inspiration or the time or maybe the pressure because I know, oh, somebody wanted a mythology story in this anthology. So let me write a pitch about that. Now. Uh, speaking of that, then, do you, when you write all of these, do you organize them a certain way or do you tag them a certain way? So, like, this is, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Nordic mythology? This is, you know, what, like, you, do you like tag things so that if you have an opportunity as an anthology, you can go, okay, do I have anything in, you know, the horror sci fi? Like, you know, um, not necessarily. I sort of do it more like by season, um, like, or year, like story ideas from 2021 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then some are specifically for my flagship book on um, my comic book brand. My flagship book is Sidereal Apogee. Um, and it is cyberpunk stories. Uh, the actually targeted adverts takes place in that shared continuity. I, I think um, about the, uh, the, the S, uh, what's the name of the prisons? Um, Solcor, I think, is the, oh. is, is the overarching um, like organization that controls the whole solar system in that, in that continuity. And yeah. um, 
So it's like a dystopian sort of world where everything is controlled by corporations. Um, the earth is a desolate, infested, radiated mess. Um, but like there are huge populations on the moon, on Mars, and to a lesser degree um, in the outer moons of the gas giants and in the asteroid belt. So it's sort of a similar setting to like The Expanse and those books, um, but definitely very, very different. <laughs> but similar in scope uh, and like um, that, yeah, it's a solar system wide sort of. Uh, Is that what setting. the soul stands for in Soul Corp, Corp? Like something like stands for like the solar system? Yeah. That they oversee the whole solar system. Yes, that's very cool. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't quite get that. I got that it was in the future, um, but yeah, I know it's only mentioned briefly, so I figured there was more context to it based on the the intro. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I just I thought that was pretty interesting. So, so yeah, so if you um, if you're writing out tons of these uh, you know little paragraphs of story ideas, how how many do you think you probably do in like a year's time? Like if you're just like writing out random you know brain ideas, I would say I generate more ideas than complete stories in a year. Um, and that like that CG rendered man, which I wrote in the course of a week, like last. February, I think, um, had been sitting in my to-do list for at least three years, like as an idea. And then, um, so yeah, pull it out when it's useful. Um, and like, so the next collection um, is going to feature another series of short stories, but it also has um, a couple of stories that are um, focused on these two particular demons. And um, that uh, I've had those stories sitting there. One of them is like, half written another one is just a paragraph form but they're at least like 16 or 17 years old these ideas um but i've also like come back to them every every few years and written down a little another note about it like oh wait this should happen too um even though i'm not actively like working very hard on it it's like a little piece of the story that i've wanted to write for a long time will drop into my head at a random moment that's very cool. Is there any short story, like you just mentioned one of them you're sitting on for, you know, years. Is there any short story like you kind of started or even if you didn't know it was going to be a short story or a potential comic, like any story or idea you started that you keep coming back to but still has not seen the light? Like you come back to it a ton of times, but it just hasn't um, well, been the, So the, the, it's going to be three stories about those two demons. Um, the one is called Dead in San Francisco. And it's about a guy who dies at a Grateful Dead show and um, then sort of, uh, and he's not even a fan, he gets dragged to the show and then dies there. So it's a whole bit of irony there. And then um, he makes friends with the ghost of Jimi Hendrix um, and who like guides him through the afterlife in San Francisco to a bit. And um, the, so those two demons will then cross paths with them as they're doing what they're doing. Um, and then there's another one called um, uh, a deceptively named apocalypse story, which is where these two demons finally find uh, Lucifer, the devil, who's been missing since the time of Christ, apparently. Um, but the devil is sort of retired from evil and ma and magic, and he's just a chef in southern France. And for centuries, he's just been cooking food. That's his new passion. And um, so they kind of try to talk him back into like, no, let's cause the apocalypse. We finally found you. And he's like, no, I'm not really feeling it. And um, so that's, awesome. that's kind of the summary of that one. And then um, the third story that they'll be involved in is about them as a rap group that they sort of take over these human bodies and then their misadventures as like two demons uh, as underground rap artists. And so that will be like a little, the book ends um, three little pillars to hold up the, the next collection. And yeah, so those, at least two of those stories are like 20 years old that I haven't completed them, but um, I've added notes to them over the years. 
<laughs> That's pretty intense. That's awesome. Thank you. Nice. I'm trying to think if, because um, Greg, like the first stories that, like the, the stories that we're releasing now, what was what what was that? Two thousand like fifteen. When did you start writing those? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. So it's like, yeah, like we, you know, we definitely understand what it's like holding on to those stories, even if you know how they're going to end, like getting them finished is definitely a time-consuming task. Like, it's a, you, you really have to, like, just kind of keep going through it. But, you know, with, with even this one, you know, anthology, I can see you got, like, tons of ideas, you know, that <laughs> you got 20 years worth of ideas. I can't even imagine we're struggling with, you know, you know, five, six years, seven years. Well, the thing with comic books, too, and what slows us down is, like, we can only work as fast as our artists can work, and we can only uh, afford our artists as quickly as we work to pay those bills. So, um, yeah, comic books, especially independent comic books, it's a labor of love and a slow sort of process that um, I think of all the books that we intended to put out last year, I only got one of five done, but, like, this collection is now going out, and then we have, like, four more comic books that should have got done last year that'll come out in quick succession over the next few months uh, in 2023. So, um, yeah, it's, um, we, we don't work by as tight a deadline as Marvel or DC, I'm sure. Um, but it's fun to finally see the, the final product when we do get it done. Yeah. Um, uh, I was actually talking to Hector last Monday. Yeah. He's supposed to meet me on a call on Sunday night, but that didn't happen because <laughs> he fell asleep. Uh, so, as one uh, does. <laughs> well, I work overnight, but he, yeah, he would still normally be up, but I guess he took a nap or something. Anyway, uh, so we were editing a comic that we're going to put out, I don't know, in a couple years. <laughs> and he was talking about the Seer Chronicles, which is the flagship comic that he's doing art for and he noticed that there's so many different transitions that might confuse people um, because there's so many stories in one issue and that, that was kind of like the point but there's way too many in the third one so he's like instead of like adding all these we could, you could just like make it its own comic or like make it a short story and then i was like oh that's a good idea so i took this one character that's like became a fan favorite to us personally because the it's based off of a person that i i know in real life and i despise that person but um his story isn't really in the third one it's like for three pages so i took that and then most of issue four of that series um is basically about him there's 19 pages of just his story so i took all of his story and i just made it its own thing it's like a one shot and then I took things that happened to the cops and like just the other citizens of the city. That's going to be a short story. So his idea yeah. made, it, made us have way more content than I thought we were going to have. So. Yeah. And I mean, every unique idea, like, you know, it's something, a new content to add for your fandom. So yeah, whether it comes out in a short story form or a comic book form, somebody out there is going to digest it if they like the the stories or the continuity, the title. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask too, um, when it comes to your short stories, uh, do you ever have like concept art drawn up for any of them? Like just random, uh, like little one piece, you know, 
designs? Um, not very often for short stories. I think that's something I depend on myself to be uh, descriptive, to be as detailed as I can with describing how something looks physically. But that's kind of um, why I asked too. Like the, the, the description is phenomenal. Like I can picture what's happening. That's why I was curious if you ever did have any of them like drawn out. Because uh, no, yeah. not specifically for short stories. But what I'm blessed by is the fact that so many of my short story characters um, come from this universe that I, we do as a comic book. So it's like. We do have the art, but it wasn't drawn for the short stories. It was drawn in preparation for uh, the comic books, where the comic book art itself can inspire some of the stuff that appears in the short stories. That's awesome. Cause, like that's, the, the reason I was thinking that was ju just for like stuff for ourselves as well. Like you know, Greg's written some short stories, um, uh, and it, it, I find it interesting that I, I always sort of look at old comic books and new comic books and see like what was done in them um like at the physical prints specifically like something interesting was that a lot of comics would be separated by an ad in the middle and it kind of was almost like a, a commercial break in the middle of your um you know saturday morning cartoons and then sometimes at the end they'd have like um what's it called uh concept art just random art in, as a collection depending on you know the comic and i was thinking about that with the short story collection like this if you had like concept art, even just the pencils, it'd be such a, a cool little thing. Like if you were to buy this as a physical book, you get the front, you know, the art, the cover art, obviously you get your short stories and then like just a collection of art that whether or not it's directly involved or just tangentially inspired art from this. Um, because I know that if, if one thing that'd be really cool, if you had a bunch of fan art, right, that'd be really awesome. People read this, they make their own art. But like to almost inspire that would be to show some of the concept art, and you know maybe even like hey submit some of your art and I'll put it in my my next uh, anthology. I don't, I don't know why I just thought that was an interesting idea. I think um, I'll, I'll be doing cross promotional um, stuff like that at um, conventions when I get a chance to table where I will be like yeah here's this book, but also these characters appear in these comic books. So like. Um, I can like point out certain stories that are about whatever character and then show them issues that each are the same character. Yeah, that's uh, that's very cool. I like that because like it's just it's one of those things where um, I, I'm even like right now I'm like uh, where is it? Oh, I put it someplace. I, I'm going through like a book right now, a nonfiction, but it's, it's it's all about building like super fans, like people that you know love everything that you do. They want to buy everything, and, you know. And one of the things that he mentions in there, and I. I see it in myself as a fan of other works is that the more tiny little pieces that exist, even if they're not all in one book, like I have to go, in fact, especially when they're not in one book and I have to go find them makes for like this exciting, like world building in my own head for whatever creator I might be following. And, and, and I think that's why, you know, you know, people like make fun of like how DC tried to launch their MCU and then how Marvel actually launched theirs. Throughout the whole series, it's like one little story here and there, but like there's these little nuggets in the background that are sometimes part of like this huge main overarching story. And then sometimes they're not, it's just this little nugget, just for you, just a person who looked a little deeper than everybody else. 
And I, I don't know, I just find that, um, you know, really enjoyable. So I, I'm always constantly looking for that. And like the fact that you, a huge chunk of your short stories are connected to major, uh, you know, comics that you're creating. I love that idea of like letting people know, like only, like, like you said, you're going to be at a convention, like to be like, oh yeah, by the way, this person's in this story. Like being that fan again, where it's like, you know, trying to put myself in that shoes like i love trying to point out like oh i don't know if you knew this but like these guys are the same people and these are over here and it's like yeah i love the you know easter eggs the you know connected threads it's uh it's enjoyable oh yeah i'm all i'm all about the easter eggs um there are a couple of things that my editor tried to edit out of some of my stories i was like oh no no, no that's that's an easter egg <laughs> like um there's uh in the story um serial killer um the the girl in the beginning is wearing a t-shirt of a kid in a pig pen and it says the family jams and that's like a charles manson um easter egg that like that was the name of uh his album or whatever and um that was their album cover um so like in a story about murder like putting a serial killer easter egg on a t-shirt um definitely I'm, I, I'm saving one right now at the moment that I saved from um, Westworld. I was a big uh, fan of Westworld. And um, I saved the serial code that appears on Maeve's um, uh, golf ball, I think they call them. So I'm saving that serial number to like insert somewhere like that a, a super fan of Westworld would be like, wait, that's Maeve. And like, that, uh, otherwise it'll just appear as some serial number randomly in some sci-fi story. But yeah, no, I'm all about shit like that for sure. Uh, yeah, see, I, I love that. There, there was, um, there's a comic book company that's like much newer. It started a few years ago um, called IP Comics. Uh, it's, it's built by um, uh, the so there's a company called like Quest Nutrition and it's the Quest Bars. One of the founders is Tom Billu, and he started this comic book company called IT Comics, where it's actually cyberpunk stuff. Like you, you, you probably enjoy it a lot, um, but basically one of the things that uh, they did was right in the beginning of the comic, there's like this cool design of like these twin dragons, like, you know, like circling. And there's just a bunch of zeros and ones. And I'm like, no one just puts a bunch of zeros and ones there. I bet it means something. And so I translated it and it said hope. And, you know, immediately like, I'm all excited because I'm already a fan of like the creators. That's why I, I was, you know, getting the book to begin with. So I messaged, yeah, I, I reached out and like messaged them on Instagram. I'm like, Hey, I, I figured out this means hope in the beginning. And they messaged me. And I was like the first person because I picked up their comic, like after release in New York comic-con. And, you know, like I, I love like, again, like that feeling I had, I love being able to give that to other people where they can have that thing. Like you just said, like, that's awesome to save the serial number. So that one person who looks it up, like that's all that matters. Like, you know, I, I love that, uh, you know, just, it's like, I'm just gonna put this right here in front of you. And if you notice, you notice. Super nerdery. Yes, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, there's um, in Ink 2, which is a soul series that we're coming out with um, this year, there's actually like a, language that we completely came up with and okay. like a whole decoder and cipher thing that like people can figure out if they want to but there's gonna be a message on the wall and they're like oh so like if you want to figure it out you're gonna deal with it yeah um I, i'm reading um borges ficciones at, at the moment um he's an argentinian um writer uh, magic realism is the genre um sort of postmodern stuff and the first two stories are stories about him talking about books, describing other books. And like the, fir the first story was about um, that he finds encyclopedias that tell stories about countries that never existed with maps of them that like 
they don't exist on this planet. And then like another um, encyclopedia that they found was from an entirely different planet, but someone on our planet had written it and published 30 volumes, like a 30 encyclopedia set describing the actions of this other planet. And that like he theorizes that it was a conspiracy of people in the 1600s that came together to like invent the idea of this world. But either way, he has this mysterious book and it's completely fictional. But it's just such an interesting way to like tell stories. It's like I found these weird tones and like then describing what's in them. Um, I, just, I just realized that made me think of, uh, do, do you know the movie, The Princess Bride? Yeah. So, so the book that that's based off of, if you read the book, um, it actually talks about in the beginning of the book that there's a bigger book, like a really well-written book, but it's, it's got a lot of too much story in it. So we decided to take that story and like cut out all the fluff and just tell the best parts of the story. But the funny thing is that original story never was written. It doesn't exist. And yeah. I love that because even in the movie, when the grandfather is like reading the book to uh, the, the grandson, like the book that he's reading, he's skimming pasta. So he's like, okay. it's like the book that he's reading is the original book, but the original book never existed, just the great story of The Princess Bride. And I, I just thought, yeah, that's such a clever way to do things, like to create this entirely fictional world as the premise of your world um with intent like it's it, it, such a because i think that's probably the first time i ever saw it or like knew about that was the princess bride um like having your fictional world based off of a fictional truth like that never you know didn't exist kind of like um lovecraft with the necromonicon um, that, that we now actually have like fictional versions of the Necromonicon, but while Lovecraft was writing, it was only just mentioned in his stories. Um, <laughs> and then later horror writers tried to create what it might contain. No, yeah, that's, that's all. And, and that's the other thing too. It's like, yeah, if it inspires somebody else to uh, create something based off of that, like that's such a cool, like someone could create those encyclopedias, for example, like that's a, you know, a very cool idea. And it also sets you up, like, depending on how much you want to create of your world, like, eventually that gives you something you can create. You can create those encyclopedias. Like, that's something that we're doing with our world building is, you know, we have uh, an entire, like, we have three-dimensional versions of our cities that our, our characters take place in, like, our stories take place in. So, like, like, <clears throat> like in a program, in a computer, like? Yeah. And so, like, we, we have 3D models of our cities, and... For some of the key buildings that um, we're involved with, I, I, I've even done the 3D modeling of the building. So, like, we have a diner and we built it all out. Um, and last year, uh, I got a 3D printer uh, from one of my cousins, and I, I spent probably like a few days trying to build it to find out there's missing pieces. Uh, I went and got some pieces. I, I got further along the building, found another missing piece. And so by the end of last year, I finally finished building it. So I now have the 3D printer. I've ordered the filament that's coming in. And one of the things I'd eventually love to do is be able to print out little 3D models of like, you know, maybe it's like a basic version of our city or like one of the, like just the diner, right? Things like that. And it's just like, uh, it's, it's so cool to, like there's so much stuff you can do to build out a world. And it's, it's awesome because it can be as basic, and when I say basic, it doesn't mean that it's not really well developed like these short stories. Like there's no art to it, and yet like there's so much detail you can envision it. So you can go from that all the way to like a fully developed universe and world with like encyclopedias. And like that's such a cool idea 
Um, you know, I, I love I love doing both the setup for the fact that those things can exist and even building those things. So like I, I love the uh, I love that idea. Awesome. Yeah, those diners might be good merch. Your fans might want to buy versions of the diner. Yeah, I got I got uh, was it? I only got red filament because all the other filaments I kept asking for were taken. So uh, it's, it's funny because the diner ends up pretty red, uh, but that's not the intention. So uh, I, I might hold off on printing the diner, but yeah, I, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, it'd be so cool to have like a prototype of our diner design because the whole reason we did it was that for our universe we wanted to keep like extreme consistency so we wanted to make sure like this diner as is at this intersection in this city so if he runs out of the diner what's across the street because our artist has to draw that right it's going to show a backward view or a forward view like what's in front of behind them so our artist can draw a detailed background and i, I think the main reason for that was is like anime inspired so like I looked at old anime, like Cowboy Bebop, for example, and I was trying to figure out, like, the artwork doesn't look as clean as newer anime. Like, what is it that makes this such good artwork? And it's this hyper-detailed background that you never go to. Like, there's certain scenes in Cowboy Bebop where they're flying past a city that you never end up going to, and it's, like, so well drawn out. And I, I'm just like mind blown by that. So like that's part of what like inspired the idea of like having these really well built out cities in the background. So like it's always there. Was Bebop the one that they did for fun, like on a break between other major projects, or was that Fully Cooly? I know one of those um, animes back then that I really loved was sort of done on a whim and not like on a big budget. Like I wonder that would be interesting if they did because the the one thing about Cowboy Bebop was that if it's one of like the only animes that I mean, it probably is actually the only anime that had one full complete story arc and then it's done. Right. So like it could be that they were given a short budget and they're like, let's just write one hell of a story and give it a great ending. Like, you know, like it, it's so that, that would be really interesting. I don't, I don't have to look it up. My brother's a big Cowboy Bebop fan too. So like that's and the best original soundtrack for an anime. Yeah. Yes. Oh it, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, it, so like, I, I do love that. Like the because every that's what I mean. Like every form of medium, anim, uh, animations, real life comics, short stories, they all have these worlds behind them that can be built out. And like you know, like I said, I love that your short stories connect with your comic world because it just gives gives you more places. Like oh, I want to learn more. Oh, there is more. Like you know, like that's I love that. Yeah, some of the cities even show up in, in different stories. Or the Roche, the Roche Limit is a club in the one-story Roche Limit. Um, that appears in the comic book. It appears in the book. Um, and I think it appears more than once in the comic book. Yeah, it does. Um, Cowboy Bebop was definitely a big inspiration for Sidereal Apogee. Um, same sort of setting of, like, solar system-wide um, and, like, these uh, rogue characters, bounty hunters, smugglers, um, mercenaries. Um so I'd say that Sidereal Apogee isn't as funny as um, Cowboy Bebop, but um, it's it's a similar like scale of um, hum humanity a few hundred years in the future draped across several planets. So speaking of uh, that being an inspiration, what's what's one of the the best world buildouts or like Easter egg surprises 
of anything, like whether it's like the MCU or anime or comic books or written novels. Like, what, what's what's been one of the your favorite? Like you mentioned the encyclopedias, but what, what's been one of your favorite, um, like hooks into a world that made you like really want to learn more about it? Um. Uh, I don't. Um, I don't know if I have a really good answer for that right now. Um, <laughs> that was I, a tough one, I guess. <laughs> I I did recently watch um, a, a cartoon show called Pantheon, which is oh. kind of like a, a cyberpunk um, story. And I did find Pantheon to be like something that the once I saw the first five minutes, I was like, "Ooh, ooh, this is good." And I, I'm, and uh, I definitely was there for the whole ride. I think there's a season two coming. Um, this is based on a short story, and that's the first of like three short stories in that collection, maybe. Um, but yeah. Um, um, <coughs> looks, like, looks like the same uh, artwork gets, as uh, Ben Penn. Um, okay, I'm back. Um, oh, so um, I don't know. Um, I like. So, like, I like Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars fan, but also of the new shows, like, some of them I really don't like. Like, I do not like The Mandalorian. Um, I liked Boba Fett until it became Mandalorian Season 3. Um, the, um, like, I love Bad Batch. I'm watching Bad Batch right now. Um, I thought Obi-Wan Kenobi was pretty much garbage, um, although I did like <laughs> Young Leia. Young Leia was pretty cool. Um, but, um, like, they, I, I just... As a writer and an editor, it gets uh, some of these stories that they put out in episodic, um, you know, as, as a single episode, just like huge holes in them that like it would have never gotten past my desk that I would have been like, wait, so Mando, cra Mando crashes on this icy world or whatever because <laughs> the, the ship doesn't work. Then he runs around and fights beasts in the icy satellite. And then once he gets back to a ship, the ship suddenly works. Like, then why did we crash there in the first place? Like your episode is garbage. <laughs> um, or the episode where um, uh, Darth Vader is um, tracking down Obi-Wan and he's like using force power to throw people aside and he's like, he knows exactly where Obi-Wan is and he's walking right up to Obi-Wan. They have their little lightsaber battle. Then suddenly there's a 30 foot square fire and Darth Vader just can't walk through fire and Obi-Wan gets away. Like Jesus fucking Christ, he's Darth Vader. He could like force fly over that fire and continue the battle. But you're like, well, let's just wrap up the episode here. Obi-Wan somehow gets off planet and Darth Vader is stymied by a fire. Like that's shitty writing. That is like, that is, yeah. Darth Vader could have easily overcome that fire. Yeah, it's interesting too. So, like, I don't I know. Can, so, um, that, that's something where. I don't know um, if that's the answer you were thinking. Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's okay. But yeah, that, that's something where um, it, it's interesting that, like, I can actually see where they might have been going with that, where they might have been trying to show, like, oh, it's the same, it's that old thing that happened where they were fighting in flames and it's like a, like a flashback in his mind. Like, it could be more of a PTSD response. But, like, if they don't. Like you kind of need to make that a little more evident. It's been a long time since those movies. It's not like you know that's what's going to be in the top of your mind. So it, it it's interesting when like yeah like, like you said like you you it wouldn't get past your desk and yet it gets past these like huge billion dollar budget <laughs> desks and it's so strange that like I understand I can understand why someone would start that but then like they don't finish the thought. And then it still makes it onto the film and it's like, or the show. And you're just like, it, 
they, they do that a lot. Like the the old the old movies were set up so well to like pull you in and then make a turn, right? And then the 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 was it the prequel trilogy? You know, they kind of did that. They missed some spots. There were some spots that were you know really good for the lore, and other spots where you're like, okay, you just kind of bend and stuff. And then like the new three, like it's very similar to the shows where they're like, let's just open a bunch of plot holes and forget about them. <laughs> just, I hope somebody doesn't. Yeah, trip and on suddenly them. Princess Leia can fly into outer space because of the force. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into that because we've gone. We've probably had four of our podcast episodes tangent down the rabbit hole of the new three movies and how much, how yeah, the plot holes, the broken lore. The hyperspace travel to blow up ships, breaking all physics of the universe. But yeah, we won't go into that because yeah, we've done too many episodes no talking about that. But yes, I 100% agree that yes, Star Wars the original three excellent story. You started breaking up on my. Oh. <clears throat> oh. I did love Andor. Andor was incredible. Andor. Yeah, I didn't watch that yet. I didn't watch. Andor, Andor. was great. Oh, it's so good. It's the best of any of the new stuff. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> really good. Um, but yeah, I enjoy Bad Batch. I, I really like the Clone Wars. Um, I'm a big Ahsoka Tano fan, so I'm looking forward to that. No, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, the Clone Wars are fun. Um, yeah, so it's pretty cool. So we cover a lot today. Um, uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Once the internet works. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can hear it's funny. I can hear us like cutting out a little bit. Um, so uh, yeah, if, people yeah. want to, if people want to follow your work, uh, where should they go? Okay, first of all, our comic books right now are available on indieplanet.com forward slash one, two, three, go. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Phoebe123Go. Uh, I don't really post a lot on Instagram, but um, there will be points in the future where um, certain of our Kickstarters or book launches will be posted there. Um, I On Facebook, you can find us at 123Go um, Publications. We have like a fan page there. And um, I actually have been working with Wix on um, putting uh, 123gopublications.com up. I own the domain, and I'm just kind of um, – I, I actually got really confused by Wix. It was supposed to be super user-friendly, but maybe that's if you already know how to program websites, which I don't. So I think I'm going to be paying someone to do my Wix, but um, – the, that's in motion, and um, we will have some free books available there. If you go to the indieplanet.com forward slash one, two, three, go, you can download 13th Moon Volume 1, Trouble Number 1, and Gunmetal Black Ops Number 2 for free. Those are free digital downloads up there right now. Um, and also the story targeted adverts, which was which uh, show features in the Superliminal Latency Collection, um, can be listened to as an audio um, uh, story. Um, Dust Horizons is a podcast, uh, and just look up Dust Horizons targeted adverts if you want to listen to it. I think it's like five to seven minutes. Um, it's the second of two stories from a Halloween episode a few years ago. Um, the book itself will be available on Kindle, hopefully within a day or two. I just got the um, appropriate version from my editor to post to Kindle. And also the book will be available on IndiePlanet.com, 123Go, 
um, forward slash one, two, three, yo, um, shortly. I'm actually just waiting to um, receive in the mail my author's copy to make sure the margins and the printing all looks right before I offer it to sell it to other people. That's cool. Cool. Awesome. <clears throat> well, it was great having you on here. I definitely enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did too. Um, and uh, yeah, look forward to you know checking out more of these short stories and uh, seeing your future work. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Mm -hmm. Yeah.